0: From the Trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS. Joined with me is Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We're brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. Paul, we're starting off with a huge celebration. No Sunday tax
1: announcements. Uh, thank you very much, David. Hello, listeners. Hello. Well, well, hopefully not this Sunday. We we got it last Sunday in the dead of night. We woke up Monday morning to half of the answer. It is. I just think we're going to redefine this as Jobkeeper Week, David. I have uh, spent spent the last couple of hours reading the Treasury explanatory. Exposure draft, I think they're calling it. It is crazy. There will be lots of questions uh, and lots of compliance. I know we had last week's episode, which was compliance is king. We are going to a period of uh, seven-day. We've got to give the ATO our clients' revenue figures seven days after the month if they want to keep claiming JobKeeper payments. Talk about... Increase in compliance. It is just crazy.
0: Well, like I said uh, at the end of last week's show, I've got more and more virtual CFOs asking me what they should do at the moment, and my advice is go work out how to get a tax agent license.
1: Absolutely. If we can work out how to charge for it, it will be a wonderful thing. David, get us kicked off. What
0: do I you have? I- I've been banging on for two weeks about how to get charged, how to charge for it. Download the client pricing and upfront payment guide from Change GPS. I know you don't like me plugging it on the show, but seriously, stop, stop giving away stuff for free, Paul. I, I t- no, I totally you.
1: agree, David. I think that the interesting thing for me is is these are the lodgements of, and to qualify for this payment and to need this work, you have to your revenue has to have gone down by 30%. So it's not necessarily the how to bill it's more for me about how do you bill clients in distress that's the, the you know and we we've, we've had this discussion david on air and off air about the uh the when to sale when to sell in a crisis
0: crisis i'll tell you what i'll tell you what you could sell in a crisis people wanting to hear our off air conversations over the last couple of weeks Woo. it's been it has
1: been quite interesting uh, David what do you got give me e-commerce infographic I love a good infographic
0: yeah, I've got a, I'd love love a good infographic and it's like it's you know the world's fundamentally changed we know this but finding the different sort of pieces of data to prove that the world has changed is really interesting you know all of a sudden everyone's interested in sort of j curving hockey sticking charts of coronavirus infections but this is just a list well presented of the the hundred fastest growing categories in e-commerce March twenty twenty versus March twenty nineteen. And and it's it's like none of it's surprising, but it's like, oh yeah. So the number one increase in online categories over the last twelve months is disposable gloves. Number two, bread machines. Cause remember there was that period where we thought that we weren't gonna be able to buy flour? Absolutely. And and I'm a doomsdayer. I went out and bought 20 kilos of flour. I'm an absolute doomsdayer. Uh, and, and I've got a bread machine. Haven't used it yet because it turns out we were able to get bread, Paul. Uh, cough syrup, dried grains and rice, packaged foods, all this stuff going up online, weight training because people can't go to screen. Most relevant to our listeners, though, uh, the 30th fastest increasing uh, or well, biggest increasing e- e-commerce service, computer monitors.
1: Sold out, apparently, Up David. 172%. Sold out in uh, a lot of places. Office. You cannot get headsets. You cannot get all sorts of stuff. It is just crazy. Uh, you know, David, I'm a little bit of a contrarian. I do love the other side of the ledger. They've also got the 100 fastest declining categories, luggage and suitcases, are uh, number one, obviously given the absolute decrease Lots of swimwear, bridle, uh, and gym gym equipment all going the way. Baseball equipment down 55%. That's quite specific. Uh, And golf clubs, unfortunately. Uh, I think, I have a feeling, David, I don't know whether I'm just speaking for myself personally, I think that uh, we're going to need a post-isolation present and golf clubs might be the thing for me.
0: Well, well, you've got, you've kind of got the final column of this. Kind of has the Paul Meisner purchasing habit, really simply, up eighty nine percent, coming in at the ninety fifth fastest increasing category, office desks, down thirty three percent at the eighty fourth biggest decline, golf clubs.
1: Uh, and and eskies came in at uh, ninety six yeah, of the decline. I tell you, I found out where the world stockpile of eskies up at my in laws' farm. I'm not sure whose eskies are up here. <laughs> I went into the uh, I went into the deepest darkest corner of the shed, and I tell you, it's an esky esky graveyard up here. Uh, but look, love a good infographic, and certainly online shopping is something that has uh, has exploded what have I got I've got an AI powered robot pizza I just love it I just love a good robot I love pizza uh, yeah. this AI powered robot can make 300 pizzas in an hour David I know I know it's not a robot show I know it's not a cooking show I wanted this week my my best on ground to be something that was just that wasn't related to a virus or being in lockdown. So there you go. I'm oh, keeping it light.
0: No, it, but what's not light? Like, you have a deep passion for this. And, and you know what I'd love to see, Paul? I would love you, you to start the Robotic Restaurant Review Podcast. Whoa. And all it would be Paul Meisner travelling the world, dining with Mel, your wife, at restaurants where they're served by robots.
1: Well, you, some of the stuff going I've, I've on this pizza, I'm watching the I'm watching it now. There's never enough cheese. That's just I'm just gonna you know if you can put something <laughs> on every review, like if I had to just do it is and I was we were making pizzas at the farm last night, David. Uh I came I came home, I entered the kitchen halfway through the process, and let me tell you the pizzas that came out of that after that had a lot <laughs> more cheese on them you than think- the ones that went in.
0: You'd think that all of these robotic restaurants would have the machine learning algorithms would have worked out. They need more cheese by now.
1: Well, hopefully, it I was pointed out uh, by my mother-in-law yes. that maybe I was a little bit higher on the cheese spectrum than most than most people. Uh, but there you go. I do have another quick one, David, and I think this is one of the things that especially um, accountants have, will find interesting. Hopefully, and we'll have a lot of stories. These are the stories I'd love to hear more of, rather than the doom and gloom. Is, is good stories about how businesses are pivoted to other products. We've we had it on a, a show, I can't remember, last week, the week before, talking about some businesses that are up um, because of this and they've found a new niche. Uh, Laneway Greens, uh, a cafe, had three venues in Melbourne, uh, Melbourne, Australia, for those listening internationally. The... Uh, Salads, health food, etc. Three stores always struggled a bit. I think really high rent costs, really high staff costs, really, really paper thin margins. They'd actually—I should disclose that uh, my wife does their migration. Uh, So, although I'm not, although I am not, otherwise paid to mention them. uh, The really interesting thing is they had a nutritionist and they'd picked up some contracts with. Uh, sporting clubs and of course with the end of the season that that fell through what they've done is they've pivoted into uh, bu- uh, home based boxes but they haven't done the subscription based model it's just buy a box you know how everyone sort of goes "Oh, I don't want to sign up for three years of monthly deliveries if I want a box I'm just going to get a box and if I like it I'll get another I'll get another order you know I think it's really it's it's great to see businesses like that. One of the things I've got to ask, and you you and I, David, have covered this on the show, with the complexity and the just sheer cost of running staff, running venues, running inflated, paying inflated rents, and the wafer thin margins of um, venues. I reckon we come out of this looking a lot different as a business community then we went in to this whole thing.
0: Uh, I We had uh, Don uh, Don on the show from... McKay Goodwin. What was the name of the insolvency firm? McKay Goodwin. He said, I don't know how anyone can make money in restaurants. Um, mate, I agree. And and I know, I guess, you know, there's some really inspiring stuff out there. And and this is where accountants... There's this other part that's happening new accountants, and I touched on it last week. A lot of us sit on boards of not-for-profits who are heavily impacted by this. And I know in the ones that I sit on, I'm president of a, a Jewish synagogue. It's like a church. And we had a conversation. We've set up a whole sort of a crack team. We're saying, right, what's the digital business model for our traditional services? And I think a lot of little businesses are doing this at the moment. They're saying, well, is, is there a digital model for us that we should move to? But we're, if, like, if everyone does the same thing, it's not going to work. The, the guys who are actually going to smash this out of the park – Look around at what is right now and say, well, We're going to do it better. We're actually going to innovate on what's considered to be currently innovative. They're the ones I'm excited for.
1: Absolutely. Really, really no, 100, 100%, 100% agree. David, uh, Is that do us? Does that do us for best? I think it, was a, it was a Finnish uh, best this week. But let's get to everyone's favorite topic. Worst.
0: Worst. On ground. On ground.
1: What do you got, David? Bookkeepers
0: versus wild.
1: accountants.
0: Well, it's not me doing. No, that. I know. Do you
1: know who's doing it? Oh, that's that? why I said bookkeepers you know versus accountants, not accountants versus bookkeepers.
0: No, it's bookkeepers. The bookkeepers are starting fires, Paul. Now we have a very, we actually, for as disorganised as we are in getting a show together, and we spent four minutes planning this one today. Uh, We do have a very solid editorial guideline that if an accountant or a bookkeeper does something wrong, unless it's in the mainstream press, we don't really name names. So we're not going to name names here. But there was a bookkeeper, the link got sent to me. I actually received a complaint, Paul. (laughs) A complaint? On, On Facebook, I received a complaint about this particular bookkeeper who on a webinar for other bookkeepers had a go at accountants. Who do they think they are jumping into zero files and making changes? And where the problem is right now, and this is literally the worst possible thing any client needs right now. So to ha- hear it happen is just gobsmacking. The, there was the, the message that was promoted was that bookkeepers own the lodgement of the BAS and the payroll. Therefore, accountants have no right meddling at the moment. Can I be perfectly honest? This is the most confusing time since Baz and payroll ever existed. By far. By a country mile. Everyone needs to be working together right now. Accountants need to be picking up the phone and telling bookkeepers what they're doing. Bookkeepers need to say, yeah, I lodged this. This is part of my scope. But geez, this legislation is so confusing. As much as I've read it, I could really do with somebody else looking at it. And you need to talk together and you need to service your client on a united front. The last thing a client needs right now is a bookkeeper and accountant having a disagreement. Now, we know... That some accountants are out there and they're pushing the boundaries too far and they're changing wage categorizations and they're doing it, it's crystal clear now they're doing the wrong thing. So, bookkeepers, if you see that, just push back and say, No, I'm not doing it. Just say no. Don't get on your high horse in front of your bookkeeper audience and get them frothing at the mouth and creating an accountant versus bookkeeper situation. The, the world's tough enough. <laughs> Just leave it alone. I think
1: the, this this uh, particular person is trying to sell into the bookkeeping market. So so perhaps like our our uh, aggravate and sell UK friends that might be a little bit behind it. Who knows? But certainly the uh, both left and right hands need to be talking to each other during this difficult time. Uh, worst on ground for me, David. This whole. The federal government doing a. I think this this might be two weeks in a row. This is this is hit worst on ground. But this this legislation by press release um, speeches to parliament that are supposed to be about what's going to happen end up just being politics and raise a hundred more questions than they solve. Uh, Luckily, David, we we did get some actual practical guidance on the job job keeper legislation this afternoon but the way this is all being handled in in whoever is the comms team for this i know it's difficult i know they're doing a lot of this on the fly i know it's a difficult time but we just need to get better uh, at not not raising so many questions because then, as you said, David, people are running around trying to change wages and do wages and second-guess it, and the media are, are trying to invent or trying to fill the detail, and that's not something uh, they should be allowed to do because it's uh, it's often never right.
0: Hey, the, media, the media have been shockers, and what's happened is... Um, I think it's best intention. Originally, it was best intentions. We're going to go to the business community early. And we're going to go quickly. And we're going to go hardy-ish because Stimulus 1 was hardyish. ish Stimulus 2 was hard, and we're going to give confidence in the market. But all that did was create an expectation from business owners that we're going to get $100,000. And that's the media's fault as well. But admittedly, they probably didn't have a lot to go off. And that's what caused accountants and bookkeepers' phones to ring red hot for three weeks straight most of our clients that have no idea what they're getting if Scott Morrison didn't announce it in press releases, they they don't follow tax updates. Um, So, and I think in the attempt of the PM and the PM's office and and the the national cabinet to try to create calm, what they actually did was create uncertainty and more of a storm. Um, So it's kind of, you know, and I know this is a tough situation, but geez, you know, try to flatten the curve of the workload for accountants please because it feels like it's spiked last
1: I, I tell you what David I just want to make a very I just got off the phone I'm still listed on a, a partner page for a piece of software that I haven't I don't think I've used for 10 plus years so every now and then I occasionally get a call by someone who wants me to implement it um and the funny thing was I found myself using a flatten the curve analogy to talk about implementing software, and I, like, I, has it is it going to become part of the vernacular? Is it is it going to oh, is it yeah. going to creep? Because like, I actually said, I said, he goes, "Well, is, is this software just rubbish?" And I said, "Oh, look, you know, there's always a there's always an annoyance curve of of trying to turn software on and learn it, but after that, you know, it flattens out." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" I internally nearly stopped myself. Uh, for, for, so I'm, I'm going to put myself on my own worst on ground for trying to put flatten the curve in a uh, in, in other in other uh, conversations no I don't mind it
0: oh, it helps, helps people understand things I'm going to try to flatten the curve of my ice cream intake over the next six months being in lockdown
1: yeah, it's not going to happen. We're we're eating through we're it's eating through a whole farm load. It is crazy. I, the gyms, well, not that I ever go to gyms, but I'm, I'm sure for those people that are that way inclined, uh, are looking forward to the gyms reopening. What do you got, David? What do you got worst? What's your next worst? Uh,
0: look, we best on ground last week. We had accountants helping accountants, bookkeepers helping bookkeepers. I heard Amanda Newton today. There's four thousand people in the zero community on Facebook, and they have, like, 8,500 interactions in a week. Like, it's just nuts numbers. The amount of people trying to support each other is absolutely brilliant. But then, of course, the little profiteer sneaks in and rears his ugly head and pops up like a little gopher Paul and says, ooh, never miss a good crisis. I'm going to make a little bit of money here, even though everybody else is giving away stuff for free. And I'm squaring, I'm pointing my sniper lens At clickcampaigns.com.au. I don't know who this is, but for the very cheap, just only $297 price, you can get two custom videos delivered to you that explain the JobKeeper payments and the cash flow boost for you to use in marketing for your clients.
1: It looks like they haven't even spent $200 on the website, David.
0: Nah, it's a dirt cheap landing page from the looks of things. But a, a great website domain, clickcampaigns.com.au. Like But isn't that I isn't that you'd be like using that for something a lot bigger than this.
1: But isn't click campaigns like a funnel? Isn't it just a funnel builder?
0: Oh no, So they haven't no, it's even not. paid for their no. own vanity domain. No, name. no, no, no. They've just used their Sorry,
1: I, I went too early on that. I I just typed in t- clickcampaigns.com.au AU and this is the this is where it redirects. Great. It's not a uh, great domain name. There you go. They actually got that domain name. How crazy is that? Anyway, they, we were talking about pivoting, David. We were talking about pivoting. It's interesting. It is. It is very interesting. These things crop up now, all the time. Uh, what else have I got? Let me get back. A...
0: What? 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 It's been a while, Paul, since we've had a genuine dig at the smart Alex running the Big Four. But geez, did I about to call
1: No, there is. There is some, and I did get uh, sent. I will do a quick shout out to Gavin Fernandez, uh, no longer at Receipt Bank. Apparently, that happened a bit quietly. For mine, uh, he's at work. He's at work day. No longer at Receipt Bank. Um, there was some big announcement. This comes from a uh, a recruiter. This was on LinkedIn. Uh, there have been some big announcements over the past few weeks from Australia's largest accounting firms. KPMG, two hundred redundancies, casuals and contractors let go. Twenty percent pay cut. Uh, PwC, twenty percent pay cut with a reduction in hours. Partners are 40, up to a 40% cut. Deloitte, one week shutdown. EY, partner pay frozen. Grant Thornton, um, cost cutting measures. 95% of staff reducing their hours. It is just just crazy. One of the craziest I heard, this is an uh, Australian Fin Review article by Edmund Tadros and Hannah Wooten. The KPMG staff, have opted. Uh, this is this is this is interesting on a couple of things, right? So, not only have KPMG asked staff to pay, take a pay cut, they haven't given them a corresponding cut to their hours. Uh, no, no. Uh, I wonder what happens to future annual leave that was accrued at a higher rate and perhaps paid out at a lower rate, David. Uh, but the concerns, to, they, they didn't cut their workload. What they also did was saying, although they technically need permission from the staff, their head of people has come out via email and said, uh, and I'm quoting, unless we hear from you to state otherwise, we will move forward on the basis that you understand what the intended changes mean for you and you agree to those changes. That doesn't sound like permission to me, David. That sounds like... No, that's, if that's you, opt out, not opt in. If you want to jump up and down while we're waiting, uh, the sort of Democles kind of uh, next one to talk gets a redu- gets a redundancy or gets laid off, That's that's a very interesting and a very heavy-handed way to get that through or manage this difficult time, I would say, David.
0: Well, everyone knows how hard it is to manage their firm culture or their practice culture at the moment. Even if even if you don't have staff, even if you're a sole operator, the culture that you usually have is your routine and your rhythm and it's really important to protect that at the moment. Geez, you'd think after this, there'd be a fair few talented big four accountants hitting the market, wouldn't you? Turns out it's all about partners making money and not about your career development.
1: The next lot I'm calling as part of this big four swindle is is an article out of the UK where four uh, accounting firms, all of the big accounting firms, Deloitte, PwC, EY, KPMG, and even some of the lessons have got together, David, on a phone call, on a phone hookup to work out whether or not they can, they as a as an industry, should take advantage of the UK government's furlough system to to get up to 80% of wages paid and whether or not that would be part of their reputational risk. Two big questions for me, David. One, why is it cartel-like that they're all getting together on a phone call and trying to work out whether or not they should take advantage of government, uh, government incentives and potentially, uh, for once, a good thing that they're actually worried about reputation risk, but instead of being worried about it, why don't you uh, just uh, be better? It would would be something that I'd say.
0: The profiteers, the raconteurs, the proliferateers, that's not a word, I think I made that one up, (laughs) will not fare well over the long term out of this. Mark my words, mate. That's is that it. That's our show. That is
1: it. We have uh, we, we got to get back to it. You've got back to back to back to back to back webinars. I've got heaps of webinars tomorrow on, uh, and I've got to do read the rest of the JobKeeper legislation. Uh, we're banging out uh, episodes, David. We we're back on a decent clip. Uh, otherwise, uh, have a good. Well, it, it kind of, do we know what day it is anymore? Given we're in lockdown.
0: I don't know. I think we've got some public holidays coming.
1: Does your I, I'm interested. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not religious, so Easter kind of doesn't really mean much to me. Uh, does your Passover is your Passover different this year? I would I would assume.
0: Oh, it, move, it changes every year because it's by the moon calendar, but it's always aligned to Easter because the the Last Supper, Da Vinci's famous painting, uh, is thought to be the Passover meal. Where we re- retell the story coming out of Egypt to our younger generation, but I mean in so terms of it's what it's you, I mean now. in
1: terms of what you do and who you socialise with. Like, are, are you are you not not doing?
0: That's a massive change.
1: Yeah. No, so are you online totally I mean, for Passover for the?
0: No, when there's no online at all. I mean, the, the Passover meal usually you'd have like you know, literally forty, fifty people, family, friends of these massive, massive gatherings of your community and your family, and it can't happen this year and. Uh, it's sad you know i mean I had my uh, my eighty nine year old grandmother on a zoom call with my grand with, with her granddaughter great granddaughter this morning um, and it's sad you know this is a tradition that's been going for thousands of years and it's not going to happen this year and this is just a microcosm of what's happening to families across Australia who are having their Easter routines disrupted a It's a tough one Zoom
1: mate. Easter dinner. That would otherwise be filled with lots of uh, of people. I think that's something that's going to be very hard to get used to, as we hear about birthdays, uh, weddings, funerals, all sorts of stuff that is going to have to happen in the next however many months. But everyone, please say stay at home, stay safe, stay well, and try to say stay sane. That was a lot of s's in that sentence. Uh, apart from that, have a great week. How about, how about see ya? Is see ya one of them, Paul? <laughs> God, you've got the wind-up. Well done. Have a great week, everyone. See ya.
0: Thanks again for listening to an episode
1: From the Treasure. David and I would love to hear you you listening. So you can reach out if you've got feedback, to the story like you. get in touch, like it, on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at David Boyer, B-O-Y-K-R, and I'll give you David Boyer. From the Transport.